Welcome to Your Favourite Film is Awful, the weekly show where we take your favourite films and new releases and defend them against negative reviews. As always, I am Luke MJ Powell, and with me today we have Charlie Lilly. How you doing, mate? And Sean Grimsley's back. Hello, Sean. I'm doing well, thank you. You're doing well? Good. Didn't ask you, but I'm glad Charlie you are. Charlie did. <laughs> <laughs> now, Sean, Hi. you have come, uh, and you, you proposed a film when you when you apparently did that. I saw that visual humour for those. <laughs> he looked down because I said the C word. Sean, you have arrived with a film, and I'm not going to play around and get you two to decide. I'm just going to say, Sean, you brought the film. You're going to tell us what the plot of that film is. Uh, today, we are doing the 2020? Yeah. Yeah. 2020 release, Freaky, starring Vince Vaughn as a teenage girl. That's right, Vince Vaughn as a teenage <laughs> girl. You heard it right. Um, it's a body swap horror film. Uh, Vince Vaughn, uh, as Vince Vaughn, plays a psycho killer who, using some sort of ancient Aztec dagger, um, stabs a young girl. The character is called Millie. I've forgotten the actress's name. Um, and uh, got st- gets stopped in the act. And as a result, there's a body swap. And she becomes him and he becomes her. And it's uh, in shoes, some antics in a comedy high school body swap fashion, but with lots of gore. Fantastic. Yeah, pretty perfect. Thanks. Um, of, co- of course, you didn't really like highlight some of the elements, um, and, w- and one of those is that this, as this is like a, a teen movie, there's, there's an element of love in this horror oh, yeah. comedy. <laughs> and, yeah. and Caroline's this first review from Caroline, uh, it's a half star, obviously, kind of hones in on that with with quite a simple declaration: it's not true love. Unless they'd make out with you when you were stuck in Vince Vaughn's body, and I, and I, f- I feel that's that's true. Uh, I don't understand how that's a half star review. I feel like that should be a one, uh, like a five star review. Um, you guys are in relationships. Would would you kiss your significant other if they were Vince Vaughn? I thought you were saying we were in a relationship with each other. Then I was like, I think you misunderstood. Why? why <laughs> well, you guys why have been... been getting very close. Like, don't think I'm noticing those subtle looks you've been giving yeah, each other. Yeah, no, we're trying camera. to. Yeah, no, we've moved away from that. That's why I'm recording separately today, just so people don't get the wrong idea. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Go on, Char. Um. Right. Well, I don't know really what to say about that. Uh... The answer is yes. Obviously. Yeah. You, say, I mean, you both I say so. yes, and then we move on. I mean, that was my favourite scene happy. in the movie. I must that admit, that scene is so uh, good. When he's in the car with uh, is it Bro- is it Brooker? Bo- yeah, Booker, 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 right. Booker. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, fun, Booker, fun, fun, fun. Actually, tip thing. Actually, I think it's, I think his name's Booker Strode, which is a reference to Laurie Strode. Laurie Strode, mm-hmm. Halloween, Halloween, right? um, which I thought was cool. Um, but yeah, uh, that whole scene I thought was hilarious. And yeah, it is actually really sweet. He must actually genuinely love her. The fact that mm. he's kissing. Vince Vaughn, uh, instead of her, technically it's, it's weird. Yeah. I don't even know if I don't even know if yeah. It, it, it after that, that whole scene was hilarious to me. I, I just thought that 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 was the promise of the premise almost. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like that's where the scene where you get exactly what you came for with the whole body swap stuff in this fashion of um, you know it being Vince Vaughn, a girl in Vince Vaughn's body, um, which is the funniest part, funniest idea that anyone's ever come up with. And I just think, even though this film 
kind of hits on sort of tropes that we've seen loads of times in horror movies, I think that its fresh take of having this sort of body swap thing was a hilarious and ingenious idea um, that I'm excited to go further into detail with. Uh, but Sean, what did you uh, what did you think of what she just said then? About uh, this? Yeah, I, I mean. I, I feel like what Luke said about it, that's a five-star review yeah. of that scene, not a half-star. I it's think true. that scene that scene is the thing that really sells the premise. Like, And it's such yeah. a wonderful gem in there because you're like, they're not going to go. I wouldn't expect them to go and do that. But it's actually like a really sweet and endearing moment it when is. you analyse it. But it's hilarious because you know as soon as that... like we, like we the, the, There's a millisecond where they break character right at the end of that because it's like... It's not even just Vince Vaughn making out with a like a young like a, a another guy. It's Vince like a nearly probably sixty year old man making out with a teenager, <laughs> yeah, right, an yeah, early yeah. twenty year old. That's just funny in and of itself. It's true, and um, I think that's what the film does in spades. It has the it has the sensibility to kind of go like, yeah, we'll go there because we're just having a great time with it. Hundred mm. percent. It doesn't try to take itself too seriously. It just has a great time, and like like you said, you you explained the plot a minute ago, Sean. And I just love that they just, you know, it's a dagger, an ancient dagger. Stab that in. Don't fuck about trying to come up with some bullshit to try and really go in and explain it. They go, let's get that out of the way so we can have the hijinks of the body swap. And I I admired it for that. Well, I I mean, in that element, they did the usual body swap storyline trope where you don't find out specifics until halfway through. So in this case, it was the dagger happens and then we find out more about the dagger after everything's happening but that's fine that was the short review the little one just to get the the gears going making sure that you're still awake even though we've only just started so this next review is the critical review it is from g allen johnson it is a longer review and i've also top and tailed it because the middle bit was all them just like explaining the plot and being mean and i was like nah i don't need any of that so i've just taken the beginning and i've taken the last couple paragraphs i'll pause after a paragraph and let you talk poor old mary rogers what would the late author and daughter of composer richard rogers have thought of her classic children's book freaky friday a cute story about a mother and a daughter who mysteriously switch bodies being reimagined as a gory horror film. So that's just a, a quick setup paragraph. How, how do we feel about it being a reimagining, an, another Freaky Friday esque film? Because a lot of the reviews that I found were like, "Ah, oh, it's just Freaky Friday. Fuck it, one star." And I was like, <laughs> "But that's film. That's storytelling." <laughs> but that's the, yeah. But also, that's the point of this movie. It's like the guy that made this has made before it made happy death day and i think he was the producer on happy death day too like he kind of figures out what's a genre that could be fun to do as horror and that's mm. almost it's almost a gimmick in some mm. ways but it's Definitely. like if you get it right it could it, it like that's the fun of the the premise in and of itself i don't see that as a negative thing at all i think you know and horror is a very very sub-genre based mm. horror anyway there's always a there's always some div- division of it um, I think he's found some fresh angles on it, personally. I, 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 I look, I, I, and I think he nailed it, especially with this one. Yes, I do I, agree. I think to take the concept of, you know, the, the Freaky Friday, put it in the movie. I mean, the movie was literally going to be called Freaky Friday the 13th. Yeah. Um, until they changed it to Freaky, uh, which I think is great. I would have been happy with that as well. Um, and obviously there's a lot of references to Friday the 13th in this movie, particularly with the mask and Vince Vaughn's just... 
general size. Yeah. <laughs> and um, it takes place on Friday the 13th. Exactly. Uh, exactly mm. that. Um, Which and... was when I was born. Ah. There you go. It makes a lot of sense. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm tall and I'm murderous. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, and obviously, like, with Happy Death Day, he took sort of Groundhog Day and put it into a horror movie. Um, and yeah, I, 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 I get that people can think oh, that's a bit derivative or whatever, but like, it's not like the films... Mm. It's not like Joker, for example, where you know, it's not clearly setting out uh, what it's inspired by. It's trying to pretend it's something new, even though it is clearly a derivative of Taxi Driver and King Comedy. Whereas, for example, this film, to me, is like, it's called Freaky. You know it's Freaky Friday. We're not going to shy away from that. We're going to give you exactly mm. that, but we're just going to reimagine it as... No different to how Disney would reimagine a Freaky Friday story, but then do it as a horror. And I don't think there's anything wrong with turning something that was this sort of kid's book, I guess, uh, with a mum and a daughter, um, and then turning it into uh, this this horror film and making it interesting and still... If, if it works as a movie, it works at the end of the day for me. Mm. I mean, if, if, it, if it can take that premise and make a fun movie out of it, then it's allowed to do that. Yeah. Uh, Just like Joker I- did. <laughs> <Shall we continue? laughs> And I think what's really cool about this one is that the premise in and of itself kind of gives you a ticking clock. Yeah. Which mm. horror movies don't typically have. Like, true. you know, they they kind of almost have to create a fictional one, which they still do in this, which is like, it's mm. the it's the birthday or it's the anniversary of, or it's the, which is the typical one, or it's like the high school dance that's happening. And, you know, there are movies that, that have kind of subverted that expectation for comedy before. I think The Guest is the best example, but, um, you know, I, I think it's I think it fully deserves to exist. I agree. Good. <laughs> In Freaky, there is no character growth. Millie, her mother, and sister are mourning the death of their father slash husband, but that plot strand goes undeveloped. Vaughn and Newton look as if they're having fun, but each play one note. Essentially, they're the same people at the end of the movie as at the beginning. False. Uh, yes, uh, I disagree with that. I think they do False. change. I think they learn to all sort of come together a bit more. Uh, mm. They learn that, particularly at the end with that end scene, where they're mm. all sort of teaming up to kick his ass. I think that said enough through their actions that they've all realize that you know their dad's not here but at least they still all have each other um and yeah it's maybe it's not most in-depth and interesting character study of all time but you know it's it, i think it has some really nice character stuff in it that i was not expecting from the trailer mm. or and it didn't necessarily need to have it particularly when it comes to the mum's character I, I really liked how she was handled um with the drip with the how they showed her drinking habits and how she was very uh sort of not controlling but very uh require requiring of her daughter's time Mm. um which i think is very true to people who've uh are in that scenario i find um so i really like those little touches because it didn't necessarily need to have that i agree the sequence in the bar when when they're in the changing room in the mall which is in the middle of a huge chase sequence fantastic um it just slows it slows it down to for a little bit of character moment where that movie couldn't have had that scene and it still would have been fine. The end, the, the rest of the movie still makes sense. And as much as, you know, it kind of, it's played a little bit for laughs at the beginning and at the end, but there's mm-hmm. a, a genuine moment in between because, you know, it, it doesn't go to the heights of, you know, like character experience. It's not a Paul Thomas Anderson film. I'm not trying to learn, 
you know, why Tom Cruise is like the way Tom Cruise is yeah, exactly, um, yeah. in Magnolia. But I actually think it goes a little bit above and beyond what anyone would expect from something within this genre, particularly a comedy horror. Um, I, and, you know, it's it's it reminds me actually of what Vince Vaughn does very well in those movies, mm-hmm. those kind of like old school Vince Vaughn movies. He always finds a moment to really pull it back and kind of ground it in something where the character is able to like confront what what you know what bad choices they're making or how they've been behaving or anything like that and i know that's a a plot of storytelling but i do think that vince vaughn himself has a very good eye for for that with the stuff that he's done whether it be comedy or drama um and i think i i you know i can see that that's the kind of thing that might have actually really appealed to him about this as well yeah the film devolved into chases and hide-and-seek and climaxes at the school prom. Strangely, as the murders pile up at school, with the killer now in a female body, the campus isn't placed on lockdown, and the prom moves ahead as planned. Which is a lie. <laughs> this reviewer has lied to you, yeah, dear that's not that's not what happens. That's they have happens. a secret party. They do. They do. Um... Yeah, no, that, that's fully a lie. Ruins yeah. argument, it is interesting it? that there's no repercussions for the, the the female, the girl, the 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 girl, the bully, the bully that he freezes. Like she falls out and smashes, but there's no like repercussions, even though that happens. Oh like, yeah, hours like, wh- before. Where is she? Yeah, no, I know what you're saying. Actually, yeah. that's a good point. I mean, if you but if you kind of analyze it that much, and I like because I watched this film quite a while back, so I rewatched mm. it just in in advance of this. In watching it again, I was like, if you were the killer, you would just leave. Like nobody, <laughs> no, just leave town. Just yeah. like if you were gonna analyze the movie that deeply, but of course you you're not going to. Yeah. So yeah. you know, and also I think there's nice. What I like about this is that there's room for a sequel, and I'll gladly, yeah. want, I gladly, I agree. Want, I gladly want a sequel. Yeah, I'd be well up for that. Bloomhouse has been on a roll in 2020 with The Invisible Man, a terrific reimagining of the Universal horror classic. And a compelling first four in the Welcome to the Bloom House series on Amazon Prime. But Freaky is, dare we say, soul-sucking? Hmm. And that's the end of the review. Wow. I mean, I, I hate when people make a point, but and don't, don't back care to, and, and don't care to give us the reason that how yeah, they arrived at it. Because it's like, I, I mean, I, I can't think of really most... Not, I can't... I can't think of any movie that's soul sucking per se. Soul like, sucking. I probably like it's such a specific term. It is true. Like yeah. it's such a specific term. As like, I'm sure that if you put me in something and made me watch something that I know I don't like, maybe I could arrive at that. But off the top of my head, nothing comes to mind because to me that's such a dramatic reaction to something. But Very without, dramatic. but without the without figuring out what the how they've arrived at that point. I mean, I can't, I can't really like say other than i disagree i think i think this film is i think this film knows exactly what it is and i think this film actually arrives at being i would say 90 percent successful at everything like as a, as a whole film it's 90 percent successful um and i think it's because happy death day and happy death day to you for me weren't funny enough to be comedies Mm. and weren't gory enough to be horror films. And so they mm, kind of just sat in this middle ground where it was like, I enjoyed them, 
but I didn't get the I I didn't get what I wanted out of the premise from either of them. I don't think yeah. I think the director of Freaky Macalanda only did the first one or the second one. I can't remember who which way around it was. Um, but I think it was a really good trial run for this because the first thing that struck me was how good the gore was in the opening mm. sequence mm. and it leaning into the tropes of horror of like all the teenagers drinking and having conversations about sex. It was like so knowingly doing that. And because you know the premise of the movie, you kind of go in with your guard down and your suspension to disbelieve. And those conversations in and of themselves can be funny. And then the gore, especially the one with the wine bottle, that yeah. one came out of nowhere. Oh, and I yeah. was like, this is top tier. Like this has got something for the horror fans, which I don't think happy death day to you had. Um, and uh, and it followed it up with, for me, some great comedy. And what I really like about this one, and I will say this, is this is why I 100% don't think it's soul-sucking. I think nearly all of the characters are memorable. Yes, mm. I would agree with that. All individual, all got something to do, and they've all it all kind of works into the narrative as a point that the, that character has to do this thing. Yes, definitely. Um, and I, I, th- I think that's, that's some heavy lifting to do for a film that is essentially a gimmick. Like, it's based on a pun essentially like i think i think it really delivers i agree i I think not even that like it has the scares it has the horror kills but it also kind of has like revenge kills in it like cathartic kills like Mm. the the scene with the three guys try to basically like put themselves onto uh, the character um they then um uh you then get to see them like chop then bodies get like sliced up with a chainsaw uh, and it's very cathartic because you're like yeah fuck these guys in a way uh, which i wasn't expecting from this i was expecting you know it's gonna be a horror i'm gonna be you know scared but also laughing throughout um and then to have this moment of like oh hold on here's the reverse let's let's see someone let's actually see someone get killed we're actually kind of rooting for the killer i know that's kind of a thing anyway that people who like yeah, outcasts to sites sort of usually like uh, resonate with the killer character um, in mm. these horror movies, and sometimes like I know Rob Zombie spoke about that before, where he said that when he was growing up, he used to relate more to Mike Myers and and uh, and and uh, Frankenstein or whatever because he felt like you know this ugly kind of freak from society because what he liked and what he was into interested in wasn't necessarily accepted within his community that he lived in at the time. Um, so he saw himself and rooted for the the killers. And I kind of like that this took that and sort of was like, oh, no, no, even though you hate this guy, you hate this person this whole time, we're now going to see you sort of see him, root for him, chop up these bad guys. Um, which I, I, I yeah. like that. I thought that was a cool... Yeah, uh, I definitely agree with that, especially with the, the wood teacher, the wood, the, the craftsman, the guy that, that was bullying Millie when Millie was Millie. And yep. then tried it again when Millie was the killer. I think that one definitely highlights your point. And also, just like that guy was such a dick, he deserved to die. <laughs> and putting Alan Ruck in any movie instantly makes that movie better for me. Come on, <laughs> exactly. Shout out Ferris Bueller, to... Speed, Spin City, My fantastic. Um, um, I just wanted to quickly highlight with the end of that review. Of course, they point out two of other, uh, two of the other Bloomhouse productions. One being the Amazon thing, and then the Invisible Man, and completely fails to mention. That Bloomhouse released 10 films in 2020. <laughs> and one of those films was Fantasy Island. <laughs> uh. Like, when, you, when you're throwing out that much material, you're going to have swings and misses. Yeah. But they focused on 
notably one of the best really like the invisible man i know charlie you freaking that was in your top 10 wasn't it yeah i i adore that movie i've seen yeah i think it's same here it's a masterpiece it's 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 perfect yeah perfect yeah yeah. It, it was like um whatever the opposite of confirmation bias where they went in expect like going oh no we have the invisible man as like the top tier i'm expecting this to be bad and as soon as it was they were like cool i can make a point that it wasn't as good as the invisible man as like a, a, a knock off a star well it's just an unresearched response really isn't it i mean that's uh, not what we do here it's true. We put, it's not what we do. <laughs> the time and we put the effort in, in fairness the some some other parts of the review were nicer but they kind of milled around the points and it was just there was too much words and i'm not into that you you only get has, so many words has anyone that we've done negative reviews and read out and defended against ever got in contact oh, no i think no. i do you know great, what I, though, wouldn't it? I think it, it do you know what i think it'd be really cool we should send the episode like an episode link to the review oh. as like a reply comment when we're done see if we can you know generate some responses it'd be interesting, that would be it, interesting. and then i guess that it would really highlight the whole um uh, free free use and like how much we're actually allowed they'll be sending back freaking cease and desist being like <laughs> yes. whoa you're using far too much of these reviews boys uh, did you not did, did we not put it as like one of the patreon tiers or something that people can write a negative review of the movie they don't like and we was gonna use that review in one of the things did we do that in the end I don't no in the it. end it, it's kind of just been like a general thing that like i've thrown it out on the instagram being like hey did you like this movie and those people that said no i'll like individually ask them why mm. but at the moment nobody's on their own volition been like hey this movie's crap but then i think that kind of links in with the fact that they don't know what film's coming out until the it's day out. before yeah. Yeah, or it's well out. you know here's the time listener you've been listening yeah. uh, get on the patreon please <laughs> exactly support your local film podcast yeah and with that rousing speech, we're going to move on to Marigold JPEG with a 2 out of 10. <laughs> Some of the acting was very poor, and the movie relied too much on old tropes like the token gay boy or person of colour. There was also a line near the start of the movie where the boy said he wanted to sound rapey. Not a vital part of the movie but made me and my friend uncomfortable. The gore was decent, though, and suspense was built up well through music choice and camera angles slash shots. And that does kind of link back to what you were saying about the the three guys, because earlier on, they treat a gay comment being like, um, oh, I can't, oh, what's the, it's, I can't, I'm, I'm going to homecoming, for the white guys that will realize that they're fluid and then the straight guys yeah yeah straight guys um and then the oh i nez net near the other friend the, the other best friend is like that sounds rapey and he's like i want it to have you seen the caliber of people in this town but then later on we have the three against one so it's like rape is a joke but rape is not a joke and you will get killed um, which some people Wait. found uh, uncomfortable. There were a lot of negative reviews on it. I don't know if either of you 
like it's kind of indefensible but if either of you want to say anything there's time but it was one of those that i had to include one of the reviews because it wasn't so many yeah i mean i, I want to jump on and say i think the movie's actually really concerned with like positive representations of 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 of, of a range of people but but mm. I, I mean most notably uh female characters um mm. um and i think it's i i, I I think there's an element to that review especially which it sounded like they didn't realize that they were seeing a comedy they thought they were seeing a straight horror film because mm. lines like that early on to me i was like i understand that this is using the genre and and kind of reflecting it back on itself and so by the time you get to the end of the movie that especially that final sequence it very mm. much is that i also yeah. think to the words out of my mouth yeah th thank you um and I also, oh, sorry, I don't know which one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, I also, I also think that the casting of Vince Vaughn in and of itself works on a comedy level, just because we expect Vince Vaughn as a comedy. He's kind of re-established himself in more recent years as a kind of serious actor, or mm. like a like a grindhouse kind of B movie actor as figure. well. Intimidating figure using his height, which kind of plays into this. But I also think you know, if you look at a career reflection of of Vince Vaughn he disappeared for a while because I think the kind of movies that he put out in the in the early to mid 2000s even even starting with Swingers were movies that were very much concerned with male representations and ideologies of females not in the not in a way that I think it gets rapey but in a way that by today's standard that comedy just has has dated I think Ben Stiller also exists within that fear with some of the movies that he did yeah and that that just that kind of comedy hasn't aged well. That's not to say mm. it can't. You can look back on it and reflect on it and be like, well, it was of the time, but it just hasn't aged well. And I think Vince Vaughn got a little bit stuck, especially in the last few years. And I think that this role, especially, kind of reflects that of him saying, like, how can I do comedy now? Well, let's let's actually like answer that question a little bit. I think this movie is really concerned with um, positive representations of female characters. Um, I think the stuff with the 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 token uh gay kid um is actually really spot on because he yeah, comes really home funny. and the mum's like you're not straight you're a hundred percent gay <laughs> yeah. that seems yeah, real yeah. that, that seems really, really funny and shows mm. like a level of acceptance that is typically you know it is obviously you know we're living in a more civilized society but it's still not a great you know it's still not mm. a fully civilized society and i think things like that are actually really empower i, I hope they come across as empowering and, and useful because i i thought that was a really good scene I 100% agree. Um, and he got a lot of laughs in the cinema. Um, and yeah, no, I thought that was... Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I completely agree with Sean. And I think that to go back onto that sort of reflection of Vince Vaughn's career, I think that's really interesting because I felt that this movie leaned into his biggest strengths as an actor, which is, you know, he's playing the comedy role, but he's also, in these later years, like you said, Sean, he's played this like more intimidating figure. Like You look at things like Bruce in Cell Block 99, uh, True Detective Season 2, uh, you know, uh, uh, Drag to Cost Concrete. All these sort of roles that he started to play now, um, I feel like were perfectly summed up into in this movie. Of like, you know, it's funny, but he still gets to be that intimidating figure. And um, I just really like that. And I don't think we could have got that. I don't think we could have got this movie with Vince Vaughn like 10 years ago no. like people wouldn't abide him as the killer they would have saw him as like oh it's the funny guy but his career has shaped and changed and now it's become this and i think that's i thought that was really interesting that you said that because i didn't think about that till that till just now um but yeah what, what a great role for vince vaughn um yeah 
but yeah, no. In terms of the representation, of that I, I, I mean, I think the horror genre is a very, it's always dealt with very touchy subjects uh, mm. in a very aggressive manner. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, you look at stuff like uh, "I Spit on Your Grave" sort of thing, um, like films like that where they deal with sort of sexual assault and rape and stuff and and revenge flicks. And I feel like uh, this movie, you know, is aware of those tropes and you know kind of deals with it and and, mm. and like i said has that cathartic scene later on where you know you get to watch the killer slaughter these people um and you're, you're kind of rooting for the killer um in a similar way i think ila Roth does that with green on green inferno he makes you he makes these really annoying characters that are so annoying that you actually you're kind of rooting for what these the killers are going to do to them, <laughs> but also what the killers are doing to them is so horrific that you you can't really root for them at the same time. It's a really interesting moral uh, dilemma dilemma to be in, um, uh, and I, I think this movie kind of touched on that a little bit as well, which I, I thought was cool. Uh, which was, I was expecting. I was literally just expecting this silly sort of comedy killers get a couple of kills, which obviously it is, but it does have moments of oh, you know what, that was good. They thought about this. They didn't just they didn't just allow it to be something that we forget about next month. You know what I mean? I feel like it kind of sits on its own little thing. Mm. Yeah. Agreed. Mm. Agreed. And for, for those, for the, for Charlie, this, this one, this review goes out to you and, and some of our older listeners. Um, it's, it's from Alexander Malson and it has the, the, what's, what's, what's the, it's, 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 it's not star. It's like a, Oh, the category. It's categorized as extremely offensive. Okay. Freaky is a fine reminder to us all that just because you have an idea for a movie doesn't mean it should be made. And this is one of those times. Apart from the grotesque violence, lewd sexual content, and dialogue, and vulgarity, it's just purely unoriginal. It's just a dark retelling of Freaky Friday. Please, do yourself a favour and stay very far away from this film. I believe it will grieve the Holy Spirit if you see this film as I know how ashamed I felt after. There are much better uses of your time. I mean, calling something unoriginal, which is a pastiche in and of itself is very very like that's unoriginal because mm. you haven't because you have you simply haven't understood like i try not to get angry at people but that's stupid you can't say something is unoriginal if it's a pastiche yes, like yeah, that's true. essentially what it does but also the film is original because it pastiches plot points the structure mm. of it is pastiche the mm. kind of the, the kind of tropes of the genre are pastiche but no more than any other horror film exactly. um but then within that, it actually has some really good characters. And that's where movies survive or they die. And this movie has those good moments. Like, I buy that these people are friends. The only the, the only thing I will say 100% doesn't work is when Vince Vaughn first becomes the girl, he's almost mm. animalistic. It's not the same Vince Vaughn that we see by the end of the movie as the killer. It's mm. It's the killer as this kind of like just makes grunting noises or says singular words mm. or, you know, just wants to kill because it's like they're just like a Jason Voorhees character. But yeah. by the end of the movie, they like, especially in the final sequence, it's like, yeah. no, I'm a, I have a, per like, yeah, I hate women or I'm a, per 
like he's having like proper conversations yeah. and it's like that's the only disconnect with the character that i have um i think i think the characters in this movie as i said earlier they all kind of are memorable i think they all get some good moments even though even the douchebag jocks they kind of all have a little bit of their own individual personality and some of them are over the top and you know but i remembered them all especially on the second watch i was like oh yeah there's some cool that, that's some cool stuff and it's like mm. I think when you watch something for a second time, you really get to find out what holds up and what doesn't. And I actually think, other than the point I just made about the character, um, kind of not necessarily following like an, an interesting arc as the, the villain character, I think a lot of this film really holds up pretty well. Mm. Um, and I really disapprove of that review. Do better, reviewer. If you're listening, <laughs> if you're listening and you want to fight, let's go. I'm here. Oh. <laughs> He's ready. Violence is never the answer, sure. Man, man's been training with his boy Neto. <laughs> <laughs> he would hate that you just called him Neto. He's, he's Neto. Neto. He's like, it's Neto because everyone calls him Neto. Um, but oh, yeah, no. What um, a lovely joke for just us. For just, for just us, <laughs> yeah. Uh, for, those, for those that don't know and only listen to the podcast, Charlie Lilly is an absolute machine. He's ripped. <laughs> he's toned. He is an MMA genius. The first M in MMA actually stands for Charlie Lilly, but Charlie <laughs> Lilly is so, so powerful that that the the C was copyrighted just for Charlie Lilly, so they had to call it M. It was originally called Charlie Lilly Martial Arts, and they had to change it to, to, to mix, but the M still stands for Charlie Lilly. But not, and not a lot of people know uh... that. I can't believe you're turning me into like Master Ken. (laughs) 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 Everyone's going to think, what the fuck is. No, I'm turning you into Chuck Norris jokes. Chuck Norris. (laughs) I love it. If only I could be half the man. Keep this train coming. (laughs) Charlie Lilly, the new Chuck Norris. (laughs) The new Chuck Norris. You've already got the beard. I may have overread that a little bit, but for those that are just uh, Spotify or however you get your podcast listeners, no visual listeners, Charlie is actually like an incredible athlete um, and is very skilled in the in the arts of MMA. So like that wasn't oh, a full you. on pastiche. He is incredibly uh, gifted and focused in that area, which is why we need to hurry this up because man's which got is... to run off for training. That's <laughs> yeah, true. And it's also quite amusing because much. up until this point, I'm pretty sure the only indicators to Charlie's health have been the multiple times he's complained about his neck. That is true. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> Which finally, if if anyone out there really cares, it's it's might finally be getting better. Yes. Hey. But uh, but yeah. Chiro- chiropractors are real. I don't want this to get too Joe Rogan. But chiropractors <laughs> do. Next review. Next chiropractors review. Chiropractors go do good work. Joe Rogan. <laughs> I, I I was just gonna make a point quick about what you said about uh, the characters and stuff. I just wanted to jump in and say about Catherine Newton's performance because I thought that she Newton, was really good. It. I thought she was really good in it. Uh, I thought that uh, I like the Vince Vaughn's. They, I, I wonder. I, I was really curious to see the process of how well they worked together, like it, it, behind the scenes, and like how many things they talked out. Because I know mm. it's a lot of time they kind of kept this tick of like she was sort of biting her her like fingers nails, and Vince Vaughn kept doing that a lot um, when he was in the body and and vice versa. Um, and I was like, I wonder if that was a tick that they all agreed with the with the director or if that was the actors or how many things they sort of beat it out together. I was really interested in that process. Um, and that actually fantastic. leads into this review because you just... Ah, I wish you'd saved that like for 30 seconds. 
So, this is from Ronnie. It's a half star. Neither a good slasher movie nor a good body swap comedy. Vince Vaughn's performance has been overrated. There's little to connect him to Millie as he just plays the stereotype of the panicky teenager. Jack Black did it better in the Jumanji movies. And yes, Rob Schneider did it better in The Hot Chick. I despise everyone (laughs) who told me that this was good. First of all, hi Ronnie, thanks for your review. I'd like to just uh, remind you that I uh, I told you Charlie Lilly does MMA um, and he's coming for you. Simple as that. Coming for you, Ronnie. Um, to, to kind of sit on my negative throne, as it were, there is something to be said that apart from the tick that both uh, Vince Vaughn and Catherine Newton are doing, there is a bit of a disconnect, I felt. Like, whenever... Like, when we see Millie as Millie run, it's like a proper run. But when Vince Vaughn is Millie, he he does the kind of stereotypical uh, pansy hands, like the, the limp at the wrist run that's very, very stereotyped when it comes to, oh, I'll play a girl, I'll do the limp wrist thing. But so did Jack Black in Jumanji, which yeah. he cited as a, yeah. as a, a reference. It's interesting he brought that up because that hadn't occurred to me. And unlike Jumanji, where for me, that Jack Black routine actually got quite old. Mm. Um, it didn't get old in this because, strangely, ironically to what I've said, I actually think that they did some really interesting things. Like the fact that Millie is so used to being able to run properly that when she's actually running later and chasing the killer version of herself down, she's got old man knees. And so yeah, she yeah. doesn't run the same way. Like that's a really well thought out script moment. And like that's actually well. well considered and falls over like, you know, like, and, and the callbacks to the idea that, you know, th- there are a couple of references to the idea. She's like, Oh, like it's really funny peeing when you're a guy. And mm. you know, the very end joke is like having ball sucks. It's like, they at least were aware of that. I think you're allowed to play it for laughs a little bit. Yes, it's stereotypical, but, you know, there are some stereotypes that exist for a reason. Some are positive, some are negative. I think this one's harmless in and of itself. And I think it comes early on enough that it kind of works in the body transformation realization thing. Um, mm, yes, I agree. I, it, you are, it is played for laughs, but this is a horror comedy. It's a pastiche. Yep. You kind of amplify things up a little bit. 100%. I, I I think there's actually some really funny jokes in it that I think, uh, like, for example, I watched this with my girlfriend and she really laughed at this one line, which I think is hilarious, when um, the the killer who's in Millie's body first comes in and he's got the leather jacket and stuff and she's like, oh, I kind of like what he's doing there. I kind of like what he's doing. And that I thought that was hilarious. And, like, um, I thought that was such a great idea and I do think that's very interesting from like a well particularly my girlfriend was saying from her perspective of like yeah she even though they're in these dire circumstances she probably still would point out the fact that um this person her outfit is out his outfit looks nice um yeah she, i mean she does that on the street but she sees people like, oh, that's a nice, that's a nice outfit. <laughs> Whereas, like i'm not even thinking about that like, i'm not even ever thinking about that um but i thought that was a nice joke um that they put in there and i think that it's tough to buy and sell that vince vaughn obviously is a girl trapped in his body him being such Mm. a big sort of towering figure um and i I think like there's obviously going to be little ticks that are gonna not quite translate over but i I do think like sean said 
you can justify it with the fact that you know he, she's not used to being in that body so therefore mm. there are gonna be things that don't translate as well as when she's in her own body um just also to go back onto when you we talk about him falling over um i think i read on the trivia imdb trivia that he actually fell over there he fell over a plant pot or something <laughs> and they were just like yeah we keep it in and because he, he carried on with his performance because he, he actually gets up and keeps running um and i was like well great but even like it worked so perfectly like you would have thought it was a scripted moment um and uh yeah i just enjoyed that i, I think their performances together were great i think uh and i guess you know he does a jack jack black did it in jumanji but like if you really, if you really want to go deep cuts here, you know, it's a boy girl thing. You know, they did that with then when they, that's the whole Freaky Friday trope they did. You know, they've done it millions yeah. of times. So mm. I don't think it's derivative of any of that. It's 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 like Sean said already. It's pastiche to it, and it's it's tried to do its own version of that with the killer. Um, and I think it does it great, and it does it in a way that we've not seen before. And also, I, I another way that I can defend this film, um, and will defend this film, is that the typical structure. For a character arc for both characters in a movie like this is that they have to by being someone else they learn something about who who they are and mm. they change and it's and it's the process of accepting that change at the end that allows them to transform back mm. that this movie doesn't really have this the opportunity to be someone else presents them with opportunities to learn about other characters mm. um but they don't in and of themselves have to change they just it's literally just a race against time it's a it's a countdown movie and I think that's really, really interesting that the movie doesn't have that kind of structural arc to be able to lean against. And I think that's almost why, as much as this is a pastiche, it's almost refreshing because it relies on the characters and the character dynamics in and amongst themselves having to like fire on all cylinders. Mm. And I think this film actually achieves and is successful because of that. Mm. Yeah, I, I would say uh, Millie does develop like a backbone she becomes more confident by the end of the film i agree and the 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 blissfield butcher learns how to talk so there are you (laughs) there are you two arcs (laughs) um i don't know if we have time anymore no i've said it now okay i'm gonna just say the ending of this review because i wanted to um yeah that's it really that's the whole (laughs) so this is the end of ronnie davis's half star review um uh, but when the logic and continuity is as bad as it is in this film, you come up with a real stinker. If someone is shot multiple times and on a gurney in an ambulance headed to the hospital, don't have them magically reappear with no wounds without an explanation. <laughs> it's the trope of Friday the 13th. That's the horror yeah, trope. trope. They come back. Yeah. Watch a it horror is. movie, guy. Yeah. It, it's, the, it. it's a trope, and I only highlighted it because it was a plot hole. Um, and, and Charlie, I know you love plot holes. They're I don't your think that's a plot things. hole. It's not even a plot hole. No, I, I think, think that's a plot the hole. plot hole is the fact that he's undamaged, or at least unvi- like his shirt isn't is probably not sh- shot up. But I just wanted to get that out, and I've kind of butchered that review. I feel I'm sorry, John. Uh, I'm sorry, Ron. Blissfield butchered I, I, that I, review. I butchered uh, that review because of time, because Charlie wants to fight people. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I want to the... go back before you talk about. That, I just want to go back onto the performance thing because I just had a thought that I really like how this movie is kind of about acting itself. It, uh, in the sense that you know you have that scene where uh, Millie's tied up, um, the killer's tied up, um, and starts pretending to be Millie, um, and mm. like, oh no, she's in danger. And I feel like there's a lot of stuff like that where it's kind of 
about playing a character or um, yeah, I mean, like you said, for his, it, I do think yeah, like you said the only problems with it are do come with the fact that Vince Vaughn's character is not established enough to know that you know. Wait, hold on. Now he's he's smart enough to be able to pretend to be like a scared girl and like and all these sort of things. Um, but I enjoyed that and I thought that was really fun. So I just wanted to put that on. Awesome, lovely. Is the film awful? On the, on the, in the black and white scale, remove your masks. The defense is null and void anymore. You don't need to defend it. Is the film awful? Absolutely not. It's Absolutely it's, not. it's it's awesome. Yeah, it is yeah. awesome. I agree. I feel right. we're all on the awesome page. Um, I feel Sean is far further across that line than I am. But no, it's a good film. It's it's definitely worth a watch. Give it's it the tough, money. Been a tough week though, you know. Like uh, as the captain of the English football team, been a tough week. <laughs> <laughs> Harry Kane right here you heard it ladies and gentlemen Harry Kane <laughs> lovely uh, cool um, yeah do you want to plug and leave oh double bill um, it's happy death day right that, that's the only real app. and then any freaky Friday ask movie do you have anything else to yeah, bring to a double like bill a body, a body swap any kind of body swap would do I actually have a real soft spot there's a Jason Bateman Ryan Reynolds body swap um, yes, I've seen that one. That's good. I I, <laughs> I can't think what it's called, but I actually really enjoyed that. Mm. Is um, that the change up? The Ryan change Reynolds. up. That's yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, enjoy, I kind that's of enjoyed it. that. So I yeah, that it. was that was like a low key fun <laughs> yeah, body yeah. swap when body swap got true. back there again. Um, yeah, I, I, you yeah. know. Yeah, I've got. Um, uh, I'm, try, I'm trying to think of other good like horror comedies. The Final Girls is pretty good. Um, oh yeah, yeah. I see that. Which which is like I I quite enjoyed that, but I think this is better than that. Like in terms mm. of horror comedies, I think this is like top tier. I'm gonna go with the very underrated Jennifer's Body. Um, oh. I think I think oh, it fits naughty. because it's the high school stuff. It's got humour. It's sort of scary. Um, strong female characters. That's my pick. Double bill. Also, it was an influence for the movie as well. Apparently, according to the director. Oh, oh nice. So, it's a good film. Uh, plugs, Sean. Where can people find you? Um, they can find me on this podcast. They may ah. also find me at my website www.seangrimsleyfilms.com. You can also support my wonderful friend and talented uh, film knowledgeable pop culture expert Matt Whittle um, uh, for full fat videos. As always, check out your local full fatter. <laughs> <laughs> and Charles. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, Your Favourite Film Is Awful. Or you can find us on Twitter, at FabFilmIsAwful, as well as Patreon, Your Favourite Film Is Awful. Wonderful. So, yeah, th- hit, hit, hit us up, share this if you want to. If you've enjoyed it, press like. Have a lovely day. It's Bye-bye. just occurred to me that we should have done this podcast with me in Charlie's bedroom and him in mine, and we should have done like that. Yeah. Ah, we we should have done a swap, we and up. we could have... What's up, mate? How you doing? All right, all right. I'm magic. Oh, no. Is that our sound? (laughs) Uh, Basically. Bye, all. (laughs) Take care.